working on the satellite and having a pretty large group of people being so interested in working on it is a great experience like socially you're meeting a bunch of people who are interested in making something which will go to space and it did and it's in space now and it's really cool to be able to talk about it I'm Mai Frank, and you're listening to This is La Sonde, a podcast all about amplifying the voices of incredible changemakers across the La Sonde community. Today, we're joined by Ian Porto, a student in the space engineering program at La Sonde. We'll delve into Ian's journey into space engineering, his experiences at La Sonde, and his involvement in fascinating projects like the Essence Space Mission and the Lura program. Hi, Ian. Thanks so much for joining us today on This is Lassonde. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's get right into it. Could you share the story of how you first became interested in space engineering? Was there a specific moment or experience that ignited your passion for this field? So I've always found myself very interested in space. Watching a bunch of YouTube videos when I was younger about star formation, black holes, galactic formation, all that kind of thing. That's what really ignited my passion into space specifically. And during my grade 10 year, I actually went to the Ontario University's Fair and I met with some people from Lausanne School of Engineering and they told me about the space program here. And as my mom says, my eyes just lit up and it just seemed like the right fit. Ever since then, I've been vying down the path of coming here to study space engineering. And what made your eyes light up? Well, it was just a perfect program for me. I'd spoken to physics programs, astrophysics programs, just general engineering programs, and seeing the space engineering program, something which meshed my desire to make new things and with space is really what drew my interest to it. Okay, so were there any factors that particularly attracted you to Lassonde? So Lassonde is the only program in Canada which offers space engineering and one of the few in the world that also offers space engineering. And since it was the only one in Canada and really easily accessible for me uh, with the location, that's why I decided to come here. Okay, so now that we covered like your interest into attending Lausanne, can you briefly walk us through your journey so far? Of course. So I came to Lausanne in my first year, which was at the very end of the pandemic. And my first half of my first year was completely online, which was an interesting experience. And I was really glad that my second semester went to be in person. That was my first year where I did the 11 engineering courses that we have to take. In my first summer, I did five summer courses to offload a bunch of courses that I would otherwise have to take during my third through fourth year. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Good for you. It was a lot. I remember leaving this building at midnight a few times. Not a fun experience. I would not want to do it again. I am glad I'm through that part. Anyways, then I went on to my second year where I did a strange mixture of second and third year courses and went on to the summer where I got to participate in the Lura program, which was an amazing experience, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Yes, we will. And then I am here doing my third year of school and it's been very interesting so far. And talking about expectations, what were they when you first started at Lassonde and how did they align with the reality of your experience? So coming in, I was expecting to spend all of my time learning about space and engineering and space engineering specifically. 
One of the things that kind of tempered my expectations was my first year, where none of it was space engineering. And I understand fully why that is. There's a basic math and physics knowledge that everyone needs to understand. So it was the foundation. It was the foundation of everything I'm now learning. But it really did temper my experience, my expectations, and it made me understand that there are sometimes where there's going to be some courses which may not 100% align with your interests, but that you'll later see that they will be applicable in something that you are very interested in. Right. It's all part of the full experience. Exactly. So what's been the most memorable or rewarding moment you've encountered during your time as a space engineering student at Lassonde? Well, we were talking a lot about courses, and those are not what is the most memorable thing. Probably the most memorable moment was actually getting the chance to go down to Florida to watch the, the rocket launch for Essence. Oh, wow. And that was just a really memorable moment because something I had worked on was on a rocket going to space. And uh, I spoke a little bit to the crowd about it very briefly, very small talk with them. But it was um, a very cool experience to actually watch the rocket going up very slowly, surprisingly, but it kind of lit up the, the entire area with how bright the boosters were. So shifting gears a little bit, the Essence space mission sounds really, really cool. What exactly is Essence and what does it involve? So as friends mentioned in a previous podcast, Essence is a CubeSat, which is approximately 30 by 10 by 10 centimeters. It's a small satellite which is down space, and the goal of the mission is to observe the changes in the polar ice caps in northern Canada, as well as teaching a bunch of undergraduate students how to build a satellite. Like how to program one or how to like physically build? All of it. All of it? Okay, All cool. of it. How to go from absolutely nothing, well, how to go from an idea to a satellite. And I joined at the assembly, integration, and testing portion, where we assembled the satellite, made sure that everything was working all together, and tested it. That's when I joined, but there was a whole, I think, two years of progress before then. And how do you test it? It's actually really interesting. That is a problem that we are learning in almost every single one of our classes, how to test satellites for each specific thing. In our heat transfers to class, we're talking about how to test them for thermal loads and that kind of thing. So you put them into a, an oven, basically. Really? Yeah. Cool. A, a really hot oven that also changes pressure. But yeah, that is how you test it for one thing. You can vibrate the satellite to make sure that the bolts won't come loose. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you've got all of the software tests, all of the electrical right. tests, which... I mean, if you have a camera, you have to make sure it turns on right. and takes pictures. So yeah, testing is a really important part of satellite building, but it's also a really complicated part that we, I don't think, have the time to get fully into. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Was this year's launch successful? The launch was absolutely successful. The satellite is the satellite launched to the International Space Station wow. and was essentially pushed out by an astronaut. That's huge. Yeah, and now it is in orbit around the Earth. That's so cool. So how long does it stay up there for? It can stay up there anywhere between six months and three or four years, depending on the orbit. We put, well, ours was put into an orbit where it should stay up there for two to three years, if I recall. 
And once it reaches the end of its orbit, it will burn up in the atmosphere and not hit the Earth. Okay, so now that we know it's out there for sure, how do you obtain the data from the satellite and what are the plans for this data? Obtaining the data from the satellite is something we take an entire course on. Uh, really? In space engineering, yeah. Our space communications course. Basically, we have over on the Bethune residence building, there's an antenna on the top of the roof, which is looking up into space and will send a radio signal up at a mm -hmm. specific frequency, which the satellite will read on an antenna of its own. And then obviously we have the vice versa where the satellite sends down a signal and we have to speak with it only on the moments where it's visible over our sphere of influence, I guess, where we can talk to it. So that's how we communicate with the satellite. Obviously, we can use any ground station for this at the specific frequency. Yeah, and it's an interesting problem. Currently, I'm working on getting the entire team, or well, as much of the team as possible, their amateur radio basic certification so that they can actually operate the ground station legally. Because right now, we only have one person, I believe, who can actually operate the ground station. And what do you do with this data once you've received it? Well, the plan... The main plan is to receive the image data and, well, the position and orientation data of the satellite. Orientation in space is called attitude. We plan on storing the position and attitude data for health information to know where the satellite is, to make sure everything is going Working. as planned. And then with the image data, we're planning on sending it over to some of the groups which have commissioned us to make this, as in the, the Canadian Space Agency, I believe, mm -hmm. wants this data. Honestly, where the data goes is a bit past my area of work, mm -hmm. but it is, it's going to be used for climate modeling of the northern areas of Canada. So right now it's just making sure that it's functioning, it's working, making it's doing sure what that it's functioning, making sure that uh, the temperature of the satellite is right, making sure that the camera actually takes pictures. Right. Once we get those pictures down, that's what it's going to be used for science of climate. Okay, so in a previous episode with Dr. Franz Newland, we delved into the technical aspects of CubeSat satellites. If you're curious about the technical side of things, I'd recommend giving that episode a listen to learn more. Now, I'd love to hear about your personal experience on the team. Could you give us a glimpse into working on CubeSats? What's been the coolest part of being hands-on with these projects? Working on the CubeSats is... A really cool experience. There's a whole set of procedures you have to do to be able to go into the clean room to actually work on the CubeSat. You're not allowed to, for example, wear your boots. You have to put on a shoe cover. You have to put on a, an entire bunny suit, a, a lab coat kind of thing, to make sure that your hair doesn't get onto the satellite. You, you wear a hairnet. If you have a beard, you wear a beard net, gloves, all that kind of thing. And anytime you want to touch the satellite, we have something called electric static discharge bracelets, which are connected to a ground so that we don't electrocute the satellite because we built up static electricity by moving around. Cool. I didn't know that. So that part is really cool. And then there's the whole, well, late nights, sometimes even early mornings going both ways. I know part of the team has stayed up the entire night working on the satellite, getting things working. I like sleep personally, so <laughs> uh, I would always clock out at some point. But working on the satellite and having a pretty large group of people being so interested in working on it is a great experience, like socially. You're meeting a bunch of people who are interested in making something which will go to space. And right. it did. 
and it's in space now. And it's really cool to be able to talk about it. And knowing that you've made an actual real world impact exactly. from your learning. Yeah, exactly. that's so cool. Okay, so now that we've covered your space engineering journey, our listeners might remember that we followed your other journey through a series of videos in the summer of 2023, where you've shared your experience as a Lura student. Can you provide a brief overview of what Lura is and the specific research you were involved in? Yeah, so Lura, or the Lassonde Undergraduate Research Award, is an avenue for undergraduate students to work alongside professors to do research. Essentially, it's grad school light. We're going in, we're seeing what research is like working on a maybe small project, maybe not. Depends on your professor, depends on what you're researching. And it's a really interesting way to open up the eyes of undergraduate students to what their future avenues could entail. And I think it's a really valuable thing to do. And if anyone is actually interested in research as an undergraduate, this is probably one of the best ways to get acquainted and honestly get a foot in the door and meet professors, which you might end up doing your graduate studies with. Well, that's fantastic. For those interested in the technical aspects of your time as a Lura student, I recommend checking out Ian's videos on our YouTube channel. Now, you've continued your research with Dr. Lee even after your Lura ended. Could you share the challenges and rewards of managing both coursework and research at the same time? Yes. So I continued my project with Dr. Lee with uh, Regina. It's kind of like adding an extra course. Time commitment-wise, it's actually a bit more than an extra course, but we're expected to do about six hours per week, which is very reasonable, honestly. But it's also, it's hard to manage because a lot of the times you'll end up getting to midterm season, which for some reason always coincides with the heavy work times. Right. Um, yeah. And you'll be thinking to yourself, I don't think I can do this because there's so much to do. But truth is, especially as an undergraduate student, professors understand that you're an undergraduate student, you've got your midterms. So I'm lucky with, with Regina that she's very understanding of all these things and our work hours are very flexible. She's more results-oriented, which makes it so that if I have four midterms in a week, which happened, I can say, I need to put this off for a week. I, I can't do any research right now. That's all. And focus on school. And then I can go back to focusing on research or I can split my time about evenly in on school and research. And it's honestly great because I'm getting the the experience of working in research and it's very rewarding to actually be doing it because again much like essence we're at the forefront of some sort of science and that part is really cool right and you're getting your foot in the door while doing school and i'm getting a foot in the door okay so speaking of courses let's dive into your experience with multidisciplinary courses like c4 do you mind elaborating on what C4 is and explaining it to our viewers? Yeah, so C4 is a cross-campus capstone course. It's a course which was facilitated by a whole lot of professors here at the university, one of them being friends. Well, during my first year summer, I did the course. I did it as a replacement to my engineering communications course. It, it allowed me to do a project with, where I would work with a bunch of students from other degrees, see completely different mindsets, and plan a project which would affect a community in a way that I would not have been able to do with purely engineering. And what was the project that your team worked on? 
So we worked on a project called Grown in Woburn, which was in the Woburn community up in Scarborough. And we essentially went up and planted a, a lot of seeds for the community to be able to access these more accessible food sources, mm -hmm. uh, foods that they may not be able to access through groceries without spending a whole lot of money. Basically, we gave them access to better food for cheap. Okay, got it. And how has your experience in C4 influenced your approach to problem solving or tackling complex challenges in space engineering? It has done it in a bit of two ways. I, I now approach a problem in two ways. I approach it from the purely technical aspect, and then I try to take a step back and approach it from a, a problem aspect, less of a purely engineering aspect. So for courses, it hasn't done much, to be honest. But when it comes to an actual problem, I will look at the problem, I will see what the engineering process of doing this problem is, and then I will take a step back and look at the problem from a bit further back. See if the engineering solution is actually the best solution. Mm -hmm. Because maybe it's not. And if it isn't, well, I'm going to need to find someone who has the experience and the expertise in that project. Right. It's all about using the resources that you have adequately. Exactly. Okay. Well, moving along, we've heard about your impressive involvement in space engineering, but outside of that, you have some unique interests like sci-fi and fantasy books, video games, live action role play and archery. How have these extracurricular activities influenced your life as a student? Yeah, so sci-fi and fantasy books alongside video games are kind of a release. A School is stressful. Right. It can be very stressful for a lot of people, and you need to know and find a way to get away from that. And I've found that sci-fi and fantasy books and video games are a great way for me to do that. Sci-fi and fantasy books, I can just, well, audiobooks specifically, because I don't have the time to read, sadly. But I can just put on my headphones and listen to the audiobook while I'm maybe not fully working, but doing a little bit of relaxation or waiting between meetings or waiting between classes. Video games is something that I love doing with friends and just playing a video game for a few hours and then going back to working or playing a video game after a long day of work. It's, it's a really good release. Live action roleplay and archery have given me a more diverse friend group. So I've, I've met a lot of people at Live Action Roleplay who are from completely different backgrounds, maybe not even at all technical. And we're all meeting there in a way, in a place where nothing from the real world matters. We're there to have fun. And archery has honestly given me the great opportunity to, well, I became a coach last year, I believe. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's like so a new hobby. It's a bit of a new hobby, yes. So I, I now go to the archery club as a coach. I get to shoot the bows and arrows, obviously. And I get to help people who are not as good at archery or who need help at getting better, which is, it's really cool to see someone who has never shot a bow in their life come in one day and just come in for three weeks. And on that last day, be shooting significantly better than the first time they came. And so really these extracurriculars haven't influenced my life as a student. They've influenced my life outside of my studies. Right. Well, that sounds like so much fun. It's like you have a good balance. You've learned how to balance personal life and school and work. Yeah. All into it's, one. it's not easy. It's sometimes very difficult yeah. to balance all three at once. It is. And sometimes one of the three honestly has to 
be put on the back burner for a little while so that I can take care of myself or so that I can take care of the things that need to be done. Right. Taking care of yourself is always the most important. Yes, it's super important. Okay, so now moving to post-grad talk. Mm-hmm. Lassonde's space engineering program is the only one in Canada, and it's quite unique. Do you have any career paths in mind for after graduation? Yes and no. I have a very vague plan. To do anything in space engineering that I am personally interested in, you kind of need a master's degree. So I'm slowly starting to look into that, looking into working with Regina for a master's, looking into going to other universities. I'm also looking into going straight to industry. I don't think I'm going to be going straight to industry. It's very difficult to get the kind of job I'm looking for without a master's. So my current plans after graduation is to do a post-grad program. And if you were to be continuing like with Regina, would you be doing the same research that you're doing now at a more advanced level? or I could. That is something that, honestly, I will need to speak with her about. I, I also could be finding a much more difficult project mm-hmm. or a much more involved project. When you're doing a research-based master's, it really depends on the person right. uh, to see what kind of master's you're doing. Right. And what kind of job do you hope to end up having in the long run? My current goal Mm -hmm. is to get into something uh, research and development oriented. Okay, nice. Um, So working on the forefront of technology once again, to work on things that have never been made before, and that's something that I would really love to do. That's amazing. So to wrap up this episode... There's one final question I have for you today. As you reflect on your journey so far, what advice would you offer to prospective students considering the space engineering program at Lausanne? I would say Lausanne has a whole lot of opportunities. We're at the forefront of a lot of technologies. Recently enough, we had the OSIRIS-REx mission come down where Professor Mike Daly from Lausanne was a principal investigator. So Lassonde has all of the opportunities you need to do amazing things. It's just really important to seek them out and find them and obviously to do well in your classes, but not to do well in your classes while excluding everything else. You need to have a great balance of things. So you need to focus on classes, but you also need to focus or, well, find out the extracurricular opportunities you could have here at Lausanne, which might give you a great foot in the door or maybe just a great experience. And it'll help you succeed as well. And it'll help you succeed if you actually do the things that you are learning in class. Well, thanks so much for offering your words of wisdom. It was a pleasure having you on this podcast episode. Thank you for having me. As we wrap up this cosmic conversation with Ian Porto, we're reminded of the hands-on multidisciplinary experiences that are available in the space engineering program at Lausanne. From the successful launch of the Essence space mission to the dynamic challenges of C4 and beyond, Ian's journey serves as an inspiration for aspiring space enthusiasts.